0: Time for a new seminar. We get detailed expert analysis uh, from some important issues of the week, and joining us for this, as always, is Hongik University College of Law Professor Choi Young. Professor Jo good to see you again. Good morning. Good morning to you. So we're going to talk about two issues that are somewhat related, at least indirectly. But first, the big—I um, think some would say—controversial uh, ruling. Uh, this. Uh, and it's kind of confusing, so maybe you can clear up some of the confusion. This was actually the second humidifier disinfectant case since uh, 2018. Uh, the most recent case involves uh, SK Chemical and the consumer goods company Young Industrial uh, accused of being responsible for the second highest number of deaths. As we all know, uh, many people are uh, losing their lives over the toxic uh, fumes from these uh, humidifier Disinfectants. So, anyways, the court decision was that there was no evidence of a causal relationship uh, between the, the chemicals being used and, and and the deaths attributed to it. And these two former executives were acquitted of the charges. Uh, can you give us your thoughts on the court ruling and their reasoning?
1: Right. So, because this has this case has been going on for a while, but it's also a, a very long story. I thought we maybe we can actually go back to the origin sure, of, of sure. The, the case. So. It stems out of the use of uh, disinfectants or humidifi- uh, uh, in humidifiers, and uh, that h- has been found to uh, affect people's, uh, particularly respiratory system. And the scale of the the injury and the the hazard to health has actually proven to be really much greater than we thought. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so far, there's been something like six thousand eight hundred cases reported to the Ministry of Environment and also Health, um, with around what is it, fourteen hundred deaths or so. But they believe that um, the actual affected uh, people, number of people. Uh, is something close to 650,000, and deaths of 14,000 resulting from the use of these uh, sterilizers or disinfectants in humidifiers. Now, um, it goes back to 1994 when the predecessor of uh, SK Chemical, a, a chemical company called Yugong, announced with great fanfare that after doing a lot of R&D, they developed this uh, sterilizer when mixed with water would basically kill off all the germs in your environment, mm. you know, leaving you with a, a, a clean, you know, beautifully clean yeah. uh, home to raise your ch- children. And so this was particularly appealing to uh, new mothers because I think it also coincided with the time when the air quality in yeah. in Korea was getting that was when
0: yellow dust was the big thing yellow before dust, the fine dust exactly, became the big thing, right? That, yeah, that's
1: right. And so, you know, people were concerned about uh, the the sanitation and uh, hygiene and making sure that there weren't, you know, um, uh, germs and bacteria. And when they heard about this sort of, you know, product that they can sort of use in the humidifier that would actually kill off all the germs, they they thought hurrah. And so, between nineteen ninety four and 2011, when these products were um, basically recalled from the market, uh, some what, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of these products were being sold each year. Right? Yeah. And then there were these um, sort of unexplained deaths of uh, pregnant, uh, pregnant women uh, who sort of uh, died from lung diseases. And the epidemiological investigation eventually found that this related to these dis- disinfectants so there are three chemicals uh, to bear in ma- keep in mind one is phmg uh, polyhexamethylene guanidine which was the chemical that was used in the oxyrekipenkesa products something called oxy saxac right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the other two cmit and mit so chloro um, methyl isothiazolinone. I'm <laughs> impressed. <Wow. laughs> and MIT, which is, you know, the um, the methyl uh, chemical without the chloro component. These were used in the products that were sold by uh, SK Chemical and uh, Young Industrial. And uh, brand name was called Humidifier Mate. Now, mm. um, so the reason why we call this round two of the Humidifier disinfect- is. Uh, st- disinfectant cases that we've ob- obviously of course had the first round already against Reckitt Bencisah who were, were the the seller um, that was the brand behind Oxy right um, they had actually acquired Oxy the Korean company and they had used th- this chemical PHMG which is proven to be toxic uh, particularly in vapor vapor form and so uh, the CEO of that company has been charged and found guilty, although some others have actually been acquitted. Um, And this round two against SK Chemical and Aegyong, which uh, the first instance was heard yesterday, the judge found that... uh, These companies were not guilty because they couldn't prove sufficient causation Mm. to the standard required by law that these two chemicals, CMIT and MIT, actually are toxic to human. Now, CMIT and MIT are actually uh, chemicals that are really commonly found found in everyday products like shampoos, um, detergents, uh, even like liquid cosmetics, because they they basically biocides, so they kill off germs, bacteria, fungi, and so they act as preservatives in many of um, consumer products. But they there's never been a real sort of test as to what the effects are when they are inhaled in vapor form. Uh, and there are lots of um, chemicals that that may be not as toxic when applied topically on your skin but could be deadly if inhaled in vapor form. And so we don't really know the long-term effects of CMIT and MIT on human body. Mm -hmm. But um, the court basically just went by uh, a a scientific study that was conducted um, over a much shorter period, something like four weeks, uh, on rats, and the effect on rats if they inhaled vapors out of these chemicals, and... Uh, they found that there was no, you know, detectable sort of damage to their lung tissue, et cetera. And so they couldn't, uh, the prosecution couldn't prove uh, causation. But we have so many instances of, you know, toxic substance uh, that has been included in consumer products right. that eventually are found to be incredibly right. damaging, right? I mean, we can go from, you know, tobacco to lead paint to asbestos to thalidomide. Right. and this is a uh, a man-made disaster on such a humongous scale, the numbers that I quoted. Yeah, I mean,
0: you. when you mentioned 14,000, I mean, it's a humanitarian disaster. Mm, and and people, it boggles the mind, this, this scale, and maybe we'll briefly talk about it at the end, but that's well over 10 times the number of deaths from this Hello Ferry disaster. But
1: well, not quite 10 times, but yes, right, right. At, at least four times. Right.
0: But. So then the question is a lot of dissatisfaction with the court ruling and i know that recently has been the case right whether it's the chung young shim verdict or the recent Iman man hee verdict or right now this um, uh, verdict uh, rendered for the sk chemical uh A-kyung case the uh, prosecution says they're going to um, uh, appeal this to a, a, a higher court mm. what what how do you think this battle will shape out because as you say if if this court ruled that the causality has not been established but there mm. is so much correlative Evidence. Um, mm. what, what do you think the strategy is going forward?
1: So uh, the defendants in the case have been charged with negligent homicide, uh, which is obviously a a crime. So the prosecution have to prove uh, the um, the charge to the criminal standard, which is you know uh, typically beyond reasonable doubt. Okay. And so they have to show that yes, these chemicals did indeed cause these diseases that uh, led to the deaths and you know this uh, irreparable injury to these people. And so far, uh, the studies uh, that they have conducted haven't been able to show this. Uh, but the judge actually acknowledged it in the judgment that's been reported. Uh, it, it read that you know perhaps looking back uh, sometime down the track, they might say that, you know, uh, yes, indeed, there was a causal relationship and they may be able to uh, show otherwise. But at this time, given the evidence available, uh, the judge felt that he had no choice but to come to this conclusion uh, that, that, you know, the prosecution basically couldn't prove their case. And so this is where I think the law is really lacking Mm. uh, because the thing is, um this these products these chemicals when they're being marketed they not they were simply marketed as cleaners and they didn't take into account uh not the companies not the authorities uh, either deliberately or negligently the fact that it's actually going to be inhaled by people right so. Um, there was no certification from any of the proper authorities uh, on the on the effect of their safety, uh, the how safe they would they would be to human body. Uh, there was no you know a study that was actually conducted by the company to show that these were actually safe to be used uh, by people, particularly uh, by you know small children and and pregnant women uh, who are m- much more vulnerable to to ordinary you know people in in sort of you know, um, normal health and so the fact that there was so many regulatory failures leading up to the case really need to be taken into account and also the fact that CMIT and MIT even then were considered in uh, many european countries and also the us right. to to be toxic, uh, they suspected of contact dermatitis, uh, also lung toxicity, and even possibly neurotoxicity. Even back then, and uh, recommended people uh, not to avoid, you know, um, products containing those preservatives. If particularly if they have some se- sensitivity, right? So. The fact that there was no notice and, in fact, some of the products were actually marketed with signs saying, you know, proven to be harmless to human and, you know, complying with safety standards, which was absolute, you know, yeah. uh, boldface lie. And and so um, I think the onus really has to be on the companies to prove that things was, was safe mm. and that these toxic chemicals didn't actually cause the deaths rather than the other way around. But the, obviously the existing laws um, the apply the normal is, standard yeah. and uh, the person who's alleging something has to prove it. And so we have this, this result. Um, I had been hoping that the recent uh, law that's been passed uh, d- dealing with uh, serious uh, disaster punishment. Um, so it was initially sort of designed to deal with industrial accidents, but it's actually been expanded to include things uh, that actually cause you know uh, large scale injuries to uh, consumers. Also, uh, they call it 시민재해, mm-hmm. so citizen disaster, and it would include cases where uh, non toxins or you know toxic material has been introduced uh, and it. Uh, leads or to uh, injury or death of, of um, uh, users, but once again, uh, the the standard of proof and the onus of proof uh, prove to be uh, essentially end up being stumbling blocks there. Now, for this um, humidifier disinfectant case, we've actually got a special law that's been passed to allow the victims of these cases to be able to. Uh, um, recover mm-hmm. for their damages, right? But it only applies to um, this particular uh, case of uh, humidified disinfectants. And also, even under the law, you have to prove that A, you use the product, B, uh, the product was toxic according to government study. And unfortunately, CMIT and MIT haven't really been um, proven even under government studies to be uh, yeah. toxic and so um, on appeal, what's going to happen? Um, unless they are able to uh, produce additional evidence to show um, in a stronger causal relationship, uh, they may not be able to uh, succeed once again. Um, but mm. you know, it, we we have so many victims right. and no perpetrators.
0: Yeah, and so uh, it, it is a very nuanced view in terms of how you what you're explaining, what the judge was thinking in terms of their reasoning with this uh, recent verdict. Uh, you mentioned briefly, I think, before we uh, went on air, where common sense would tell you, and I, and I spoke with scientists um, years ago mm. when this was a first a controversy right. from Europe and beyond, where a lot of them had never heard of this yes. situation of widespread use of using disinfectants in humidifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was almost kind of solely a uniquely Korean thing to do. It uh, was
1: actually marketed only in Korea. Yeah. The products were being right. sold only in Korea.
0: And so, yeah. no offense to these moms yeah. out there, but this fallacious thinking that uh, mm. resulted in a herd mentality to to do this mm. kind of thing kind of belies. And it's ironic because of the sense that it was meant to be safer in this kind of toxic environment with yellow dust and dirty air. Right. But at the same time, it uh, endangers your life by actually uh, introducing more toxins in, in your immediate Environment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, um, I do blame the companies uh, who basically for this, you know, um, profit motive and not much profit at that. You know, this was not a huge Mm, market. mm. Something like you know one to two billion one per per year, which is, I mean, it's just such a tiny uh, segment of the market. and yet, they something like 6.5 million people actually bought yeah. these products at the time. But just using common sense, you know, imagine inhaling disinfectant uh, all day long. Um, we tend to use humidifiers a lot, particularly in the winter months, right? Because the air gets dry, dry because of the heating in our sure. homes, etc., but I have also never come across using disinfectant in humidifier, and as what I have read is that in fact, we Korea is the only country where this product had been marketed to consumers. And just using your common sense, you you have to wonder. You know, anybody with any sort of you know chemistry or biology tra- training would have to wonder and put question mark around the usage of this. Uh, um, if you're thinking about the fact that you would be inhaling biocide all day long as yeah. in vapor form yeah. into your lungs, you know, what's that going to do? But the fact that it had been sold for almost 18 years, it was on the market for 18 years, it just shows such a huge failure on the part of the regulators, on the part of the consumers themselves, really, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> well, to put a bow on it then, because that overall kind of, Indirectly ties into the Seoul Ferry disaster and Seoul Ferry, certainly much more of a politically charged issue, especially during that uh, period of the Park presidency when Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a very, very dark period for a a lot involved, including people in the media who weren't able to talk about what was going on. But it did belie the fact that there was this huge lack of awareness of safety protocols or even prioritizing safety just basic safety requirements for things like a ferry ship, but mm-hmm. it also tied into mm. these other aspects. Like the, I'm just wondering the redress of grievances for mm. these victims and what we can do as a society going forward.
1: Yeah, so what really upsets me about uh, both cases is the fact that, uh, you know, the real uh, party that's responsible, uh, no one in the public service, no one in the, the regulatory authority have been held responsible for either of these disasters. Um, Sewol Ferry, certainly the captain was responsible, the company was responsible, but if uh, the regulator hadn't approved the vessel to be seaworthy after getting all those illegal uh, renovations and additions to the vessel, it would never have been, been you know, put on the, on the water, mm-hmm. right? A- and also in this uh, humidifier case too, You know, to categorize it just as a cleaner when they knew fully well that this was going to be used in a vapor form inhaled into people's bodies and to let it go for 18 years, this just shows such a negligent conduct on the part of the regulator. And so the fact that they excluded the uh, responsibility for public servants in the latest iteration of the uh, the law that tries to kind of Mm. penalize people uh, who are responsible for these kind of disasters, really goes to show how lacking we are in terms of having a system that holds the public body accountable. And so that plus better consumer education. I mean, two things that we really need to look into.
0: Yeah. And so this uh, current government uh, was ushered in uh, on a host of different issues, reform, getting rid of the old corrupt developments, but also uh, this idea of Things like the salary and prioritizing these issues and holding those responsible accountable, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think we can argue that perhaps that has not been met. That threshold uh, has not been met one hundred percent to satisfying the public uh, in their demand for a better society. To that end, Mm. so um, we're going to have to leave it there. But as always, uh, we appreciate your insights, not just on matters of the law, but of course on this uh, wider array. Of topics to uh, give your analysis on. Professor Joe, thank you, and we uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you, Henry. We'll be back after one more check of traffic and weather.